You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Genesis chapter number 24, we'll begin reading in verse number 22. The Bible says, And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. Amen. And let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege we have uh, again on this Sunday to come and to gather, to open your word. I thank you for the privilege you've given to me to preach it. I pray that I'd be faithful to preach your word and to say uh, those things that you'd have me to say. And I pray, uh, Holy Spirit of God, that you'd guide my words. And I pray that you would guide each and every listener uh, as they receive the word. I pray you give us exactly what we need for this day. Uh, We know that the Bible has the answers to every problem. Uh, The Bible has the solution for every struggle that we face. And I pray today that you would help your word uh, to minister to the uh, hearts and minds of each and every person that's listening today. We promise to give you the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I did want to clarify one thing from the birthdays. Brother Randy, this is your birthday this week. We've got two Randy Lees, but I will make sure I clarify. And uh, if, you, if you have uh, someone else in town, or especially if you have someone else in the church with the same name, I hope that would work in your favor. I hope it'd be like twice the presents or twice the gifts. Now, how many of you have a name that there is somebody in our area that you know or you've met or you've heard about that has the exact same name, first and last? Let me see. Wow. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome if, it's, if that person's got a good reputation, right? If they don't. Oh, my. Although you could always say, oh, no, that was, a, that was a, another one, you know. Uh, that was another um, David Dixon, you know, that said that. But uh, happy birthday, Brother Randy. And I also want to clarify, just so your wife didn't forget, we would hate for her to, you know, forget it was your birthday. Miss Pam, you got it? All squared away. Very good. Uh, happy birthday. So... A couple of weeks ago, I made, a, I made a, an error, and I should know better. I started asking questions, and it was one of those Sunday mornings when we were combined, so I didn't think it would be bad. You know, it was 11 o'clock in the morning, but I started asking hard Bible questions. And some of you stared at me, not only like you didn't want to answer the question, but almost stared at me like, how dare you ask us to think and to to try to process information this early in the morning. But I want to make sure we know what we're talking about here in Genesis 24. And by the way, also, Miss Robin, congratulations on your recent uh, graduation, I say. I guess that'd be the way to put it. uh, As a, am I saying it right, family practitioner? Is that right? 
that's probably not. Family nurse practitioner, congratulations to you. And uh, we, I know that's a lot of work, and we thank the Lord for you. So, we have Abraham. Okay, you've been reading through the Bible. You all know Abraham, right? Abraham had a wife. Her name was Sarah. Good, good. I'm trying to give you some easy ones to get you going, get some momentum going. Abraham had a wife whose name was Sarah. And by the way, they had a son whose name was Isaac. Good. Now, when they had Isaac, Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. It was a miracle. As a matter of fact, the question was asked of them when, when it was told, and they said, no way, this, this can't be true. And the question was asked, was there anything too hard for the Lord? And I want to tell you today, that's a good question to ask yourself and be reminded. Is there anything too hard for God? Well, the answer is no. But sometimes we act like it, don't we? Sometimes we live like there's things that God can't control or God can't fix, but he can. He is able. So Abraham and Sarah had a son named Isaac. Well, Isaac's mother, Sarah, Abraham's wife, she dies. The Bible says she was 127 when she died. So Isaac would have been 37. Abraham would be 137 years old. And the Bible says in Genesis 24 that Abraham sends his servant. His name was Eliezer, which we don't see that in this passage, but we see that in Genesis 15. So Abraham sends his servant, Eliezer, and he says, I want you to go and I want you to get a wife for my son Isaac. But he says, I don't want you just to go anywhere. I don't want you just to get any girl. He said, I want you to leave the land of the Canaanites and I want you to go to my father's house. I want you to go to my family and I want you to get a wife for Isaac from the daughters of my kinfolk, not from those here in the land of Canaan. It says in Genesis 24 and verse number one, Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Praise God uh, that God had blessed Abraham in all things. Wouldn't that be good if that could be said of your life? Wouldn't that be good if it could be said of my life that God has blessed us in all things and God's able to bless and God wants to bless. I love what it says in Romans that in all these things, we can be more than conquerors. You can have victory in your life today. I can have victory. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter the problems because we have God who has promised us that he will bless us if we obey him. That's the key to, to blessing right there is to obey God. You obey God, he will bless. You say, well, pastor, I've been obeying God and I don't have a million dollars in the bank. And I, I, whoa, 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 whoa. You've been listening to the world too long to think that blessing is money. Did you know there's a lot of people in this world that have more money than they know what to do with and they're not happy? You say, well, I'd just like to try it for a while. No, you wouldn't. Because you know what you'd find? you'd find that no matter how much money you have, there'd always be somebody that had a little bit more. There'd always be somebody that had something you didn't have and you'd start comparing and you'd start thinking that if I could just get one more dollar, if I could just get uh, one more car, if I could just get one bigger house, if I could just get one more promotion, I'd be happy. Friend, if you can't be happy with where you are now, with the position that God has put you in and the blessing of God now, you wouldn't be happy with all those things. 
The blessing of God is not monetary. Now, God may bless you with money, but, but there's a whole lot more important things in life than having money. You can't put a price tag on peace. You can't put a price tag on joy and happiness. And you can't put a price tag on uh, just knowing that you're serving God and knowing that your family is serving God and knowing that you have a family that God has given you. You have some friends or you have a church. Praise God. You can't put a price tag on salvation. You can't buy it. You didn't earn it. Salvation is the gift of God, which is eternal life. But Abraham was blessed by God in all things. And it says in verse 2, Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord. He said to his servant, he said, I'm going to make you promise me something. This is important. This is crucial. This is vital. You can't mess this up, Eliezer. This is something that you've got to promise. And he made him promise to swear by the God of heaven that he would not take a wife unto Isaac of the daughters of the Canaanites. Verse 4, But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Now there's a whole lot of lessons we could talk about here about finding a spouse and marrying somebody that is saved, somebody that is born again. Uh, the Bible says that it is not good to be uh, unequally yoked together. There's a whole lot we could talk about there. But the promise is made here by the servant. And he said, verse number five, the servant said unto him, peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. Verse seven, the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me and that swear unto me, saying unto thy seed will I give this land. He, Abraham said, God is going to send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. We get to verse number 27. And El, uh, Abraham's servant, Eliezer, makes a very interesting statement I'd like to draw your attention to, and this will be our text. He says that he was in the way. He was in the, the road, he was in the path, he was on the journey where he was supposed to be. And he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning as our, our theme for the year is to follow Jesus. And obviously we're in the Old Testament, but we're talking about this morning how to be in a position to follow the leading of God. Uh, how to be uh, in a position where God can lead you. Did you know God wants to lead us? God wants to lead you today. God wants to lead you in your decisions. God wants to lead you in your relationships. God wants to lead you in your work. God wants to lead you in every area of your life. But you and I are going to have to get in a position where God can lead us. Number one, I see in this passage a few thoughts of how to be in a position how to be in a situation where God can lead us like he wants to lead. Number one, I see in this passage that there was a promise made. The Bible tells us that Abraham's servant, he made a promise. Verse 9, and the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and he sware to him concerning that matter. The servant made a promise. 
Now, Abraham's instructions were very specific. He said, here's where you need to go. Here's what you need to look for. Here's the girl you need to bring back. You can't take Isaac with you. You've got to go. You've got to bring her back. And the specific instructions were given by Abraham to this servant. And the servant said, I will do it. Now, friend, I want to ask you, here's the application this morning. When was the last time that you made a promise? When was the last time you made a promise to your master? When was the last time you made a promise to Almighty God? And you said, God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to live for you. God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to be a witness. God, I'm going to read my Bible this year. God, I'm going to pray this year. God, I'm going to do everything I can to be what you want me to be. When was the last time you made a promise to God? You know what our problem is? We don't like making commitments, do we? We don't like having to do something. We don't like having to follow through with something. And so therefore, we're not putting our name on anything. We're not signing anything. We're not, no, 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 hang on. I'm not talking about making a promise to a business owner. I'm not talking about making a promise to your boss at work. I'm not talking about making a promise to somebody that may or may not fulfill their responsibility. I'm talking today about making a promise to God who always keeps his end of the bargain. I'm talking about making a promise today to God who loves you and who gave his son for you. God that wants nothing but your best interest. And I want to tell you, you can make a promise to God. Maybe you're here today and it's been a long time since you've made a promise to God. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for somebody that'll be committed. He's looking for somebody that'll stand up today and come to an altar today or go home today and say, God, with your help, I'm going to serve you. God, with your help, I'm going to keep coming to church. With your help, I'm going to be what you want me to be. But there must be a commitment. When was the last time you did this? Maybe for some in this room, maybe it was when you were a teenager going to teen camp and you made a promise to God. Maybe it was uh, when you were in your early uh, adult years. Maybe it was at a, a parent baby dedication. You dedicated that baby, but you dedicated yourself to the Lord. Maybe it was to a spouse. You, the two of you, you made a commitment to each other and a commitment to God. Friend, I want to tell you, we need to get back to making some commitments to God. Because if you don't make a commitment, I doubt you're going to do what you're supposed to do. That commitment many times is what will help you to keep you on the straight and narrow way. That commitment many times is what you need to keep you accountable and to keep you going. Make a promise to God, number one. Number two, I see that this servant made preparation. The Bible says in verse number 10, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia and the city of Nahor. This servant wasn't messing around. He said, Abraham, I'm taking ten camels because I'm going to need to take a lot of stuff. I don't want to get there and not be prepared. He said, I'm going to do and get everything together that I need so that the job can be done. You know, it's interesting to me how people prepare for so much. Uh, people prepare for sports. If you're following any of the, uh, any football, of course, college football just ended and NFL football is entering the playoffs. And if you don't like football, that's okay. I, I, I'm interested in it, and I like to follow some of it. But I'll tell you what's amazing to me. You watch a game that lasts for a couple hours, but that game has been prepared for all week. 
Those coaches have spent hours and hours and hours and late nights and early mornings. And those players have spent hours and hours on the practice field and watching film and going over and doing everything to be prepared for one moment, for one play, so that they can win the game or score the touchdown. And they'll do all of that preparation for something that's temporal. For this. They'll do it all for this. And the next game, it'll be, boo, you know, the next game, it'll be that. Friend, I want to tell you, we need to be prepared spiritually. We need to prepare our hearts. I wonder this week, I wonder how much preparation you put into, into getting ready to come to church today. You say, well, pastor, I'm not the one that has to prepare. I'm not the one preaching. I'm not singing the special. I'm not even in the choir. I just come and I just show up. And I'm glad you come. And I'm glad you showed up today. That's huge. You prepared somehow just to get here. But did you prepare your heart? Have you ever been in a service where the preacher was preaching and you had no idea what he was talking about? And sometimes it was the preacher's fault because he wasn't making sense. But sometimes it was your fault. Or sometimes it was my fault because we were thinking about I got to do this this afternoon and I got this tomorrow and I got this the next day and I should have done this yesterday. And we've got so many things that our, our heart and mind is not prepared to receive what God has for us. The servant made preparation. If we're going to follow God, if we're going to be in a position for God to lead, we must be prepared for the journey. I see next, I see the servant prayed, verse 12. He's on his journey, he's prepared, and he's leaving out, and he says, Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. The servant, he makes a promise to Abraham. He makes his preparation to, to get the camels and to get the supplies and to go on this trip, and then he says, i got to do something else before I leave. And He says, Lord, I need your help. God, I need you. God, I need you to step in. I need you to, to help me. I need you to bless me. And he prays. The Bible says in verse number 13 and 14 that he was there at the place. He was waiting for the people to come out of the city to the well. And he prayed a specific prayer. And he prayed exactly what he wanted God to do. In verse number 15, it came to pass. Before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebecca came out. Now, I want to tell you, God answers prayer. And if you've ever experienced an answer to prayer, you can say amen to that. God answers prayer. But in this case, God not only answered, he answered the prayer down to the specific detail. He answered it down to the most minute description that Eliezer had given in his prayer. And God answered the prayer before Eliezer even said amen. It says in verse 15, and while he was, before he was done speaking. Now I'll tell you, I've seen some answers to prayer like that. I'm not saying God always answers like that, but I've seen some answers to prayer where I was praying and God answered. And I want to tell you, the God that answered prayer for Abraham's servant is the God that answers prayer in 2023. He's the same God. He still has power. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And this man was in the way. He was following God. God was leading him. And he took time to pray. 
We see in verse 20, the prayer was answered exactly as he had prayed. Verse 21, the the man, verse 21, he was wondering. That means he was stunned. He was astonished at her and he held his peace to wit, to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. He was so shocked that God answered the prayer so quickly that he didn't know what to say. Have you ever been speechless because God did a miracle? And you should have known, and you should not have been surprised, but you were. Let's be honest, we've all been there. Oh, oh, we have little faith, right? He was shocked. He was stunned. He was in amazement that God had answered the prayer. But then we see verse number 26. And the man bowed down his head, and he worshiped the Lord. I love this. After God answered the prayer, Eliezer said, hang on. I can't go on. I can't move to the next thing. I've got to take some time to praise and worship God. Would that be great this week if we would take some praise breaks? Now, we all take water breaks. The spiritual ones take coffee breaks. And some, when I say coffee breaks, did you notice that was plural? Uh, I hope you're not taking a smoking break. We're not, we're not for that. We take breaks to check our messages, right? We take breaks to check our email. We take breaks to check our updates. We take breaks to check the weather. We take breaks to check the sports scores. We take breaks for a lot of stuff. But wouldn't it be good this week if you took some praise breaks? Wouldn't that be good when you're having a busy day and a lot was going on and you just said, I just got to stop and take time and I just got to praise God for what he's done. This man was not in too much of a hurry that he couldn't see an answer to prayer and say, whoa, hang on, time out. We got to give God glory for what he has done. This man was in a position to follow the Lord, number one, because of the promise, number two, preparation, number three, prayer, number four, because of the praise, number five, it's found in verse 27, I being in the way, he was on the right path, number five. He was on the right course, he was on the right road. Friend, I want to tell you, you're not going to be able to follow God if you're on the devil's road. You're not, did I say that right? Sound a little quiet on that. But you're not going to be able to follow the Lord if you're on the devil's road. You can't be following the devil all week and then Sunday pop into church and say, I'm here to follow God. Following Jesus is not a Sunday only thing. Following Jesus is something that you give your life to every day for the rest of your life to say, I'm on the road to follow Jesus. You can't follow Jesus if you're cussing all day. It's getting real quiet now. It's amazing. We're talking about praise and glory and praise breaks. Everybody's uh, having a good time, but we start talking about cussing. Everybody gets quiet. I want to tell you this. You can't walk with the Lord and you can't follow the Lord if you're involved in sin and wickedness and you can't follow the Lord if your life is all bitter and if your life is all criticism and if your life is all negative. You can't follow the Lord when your life is all full of pride. You know why? Because God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. You're going to have to be on the path to follow the Lord and this servant. He said, I was just in the way. I was just where I was supposed to be. I was just doing what God told me to do. And what do you know? The Lord led me. I want to encourage you to get on the path. Number six, quickly, I see the position. Verse number 34 Eliezer is speaking now to Laban. Laban is the brother of Rebekah. 
So remember we said we've got Abraham and Sarah and then we have their son Isaac and Abraham's servant Eliezer and he goes and he meets Rebecca. Well, Rebecca takes him back to her home and she says, I want you to meet my brother Laban and Eliezer and Laban are talking and Eliezer introduces himself. And this would have been a good time for Eliezer to say, uh, you know Abraham? Yeah, well, uh, he's kind of getting old and it's kind of not all there. He couldn't handle this operation, so he sent me to take care of it. As a matter of fact, notice the camels and notice all the, the gold and all the, the things I've got here. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of top dog there back in, uh, back in our country. And no. You know what Eliezer says when he's talking to Laban? He says in verse 34, I am Abraham's what? Servant. As a matter of fact, we don't even find Eliezer's name mentioned in this whole chapter. The only reason we know his name is because he's referenced in Genesis 15. But the whole chapter, he says, I'm just a servant. He says, you don't even know who, need to know who I am. You don't have to know my name. You don't have to know what I've done. All you need to do is you need to know my master, Abraham, and you just need to know that God has blessed my life. I see number six, his position. He was a servant. Verse 35, he said, And the Lord hath blessed my master greatly. I wonder this morning, what's your position? What's my position? You know, sometimes the more that God blesses, the more we start to pat ourselves on the back. Let's be honest. The more that God does things for us and he blesses us, and we have some success or we have some things that, that, that are going well. And the more we think, wow, I don't know what God would do without me. I'll tell you what he'd do without you. And I'll tell you what he'd do without me. Everything he was doing before. Because he was God before you came. And he'll be God after you leave. He was God before I came. And he'll be God after I leave. And God doesn't need me. But I need him. And all I am and all you are, friend, is you're a servant. And I'm a servant for the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that is our position. And may God help us to be humble. May God help us uh, to, to, to not seek to take the glory or not even to get part of it. You know, sometimes we're, we're kind of in a bargain with God. God, we're going to give you most of the glory, but we're going to need a little bit for ourselves. Friend, all the glory belongs to him. All the glory belongs to Jesus. We see his position, number six, he was a servant. But then number seven, quickly, I see the plan of God. The plan of God in verse number 44, and I know we're going quickly. This is a long chapter and I'm almost done. But verse 44, he's telling the story about how God led him and how God brought Rebekah and how the servant now says, this is the wife. This is the one for my master's son, Isaac, and he says in verse 44, And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed out for my master's son. You know what Eliezer just believed? He just believed that God had a plan. He believed God had a plan for his life. He believed God had a plan for Isaac's life. He believed God had a plan for Rebecca's life. He just believed that God had a plan for everything. And Eliezer said, and I'm just so glad I get to be a part of that plan. Look what God has done. Look what God has appointed. 
with Rebekah and Isaac. This plan, by the way, was no ordinary plan. This was a plan for Isaac and Rebekah to have a son. Obviously, they had Esau and Jacob. But Jacob would be the one that would wrestle with God and Jacob would be the one that God would change his name to Israel, meaning a prince with God. And Jacob would be the one that would be the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And from those 12 tribes of Israel would come Jesus Christ. And from those 12 tribes of Israel, there would come the Messiah. And from those 12 tribes of Israel would come the Word of God. And from those 12 tribes of Israel, all the nations of the earth would be blessed because a lowly servant in Genesis 24 was just willing to follow God. And Fred, I want to tell you, God's got a plan for you. And God's got a plan for me. And I don't want to miss it. I want to follow God. I want to follow his leading. I want to be in the way. I want to be exactly where he wants me to be. Lastly, and I'm done, it's found in verses 56 to verse 67. Basically, it's the end of the story. He presents his, his story, his testimony to Laban and to Rebekah's family. And they asked Rebekah, they said, are you going to go? Will you go? And Rebekah said, I will go. That takes faith right there, right? In the plan of God. She'd never seen Isaac. <laughs> And by the way, for Isaac, he'd never seen Rebekah either. He was counting on this servant of his father to bring back the right wife. Aren't you glad we don't do it like that today? Hallelujah. But it says in verse number 56, And he said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. Verse number 56, we see the prosperous way. We see the success story. We see the, the way that the story ends. It ends that Rebecca goes back and Isaac sees her and, and Isaac and Rebecca get married and that is God's plan and it was all fulfilled and it all came together because one man was willing to follow the leading of God. You say, I thought he was following the instructions of Abraham. He was. But remember what Abraham said? He said, Eliezer, God's going to send his angel and he's going to lead you every step of the way. And Eliezer got to Rebekah and he got there and he didn't say, wow, I'm glad Abraham gave me good instructions. He said, I was just in the way. I was just on the road. I was just doing what I was supposed to do and God led me. I want to challenge you this morning. Let's be in a position for God to lead us. Let's be in a position where we can say, I'm going to follow Jesus. Let's be in a position where God can lead and we can follow. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.